Today's scripture reading is taken from John chapter 21, verses 15 to 25. John chapter 21, verses 15 to 25. I'll be reading from the ESV version. When they finished, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you, he said to him. Feed my lambs, he said to him a second time. Simon, son of John, do you love me, he said to him. Yes, Lord, do you know that I, you know that I love you, he said to him. Tend my sheep, he said to him the third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him that uh, the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk whenever, wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and other, another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This is uh, this he said to show by what kind of death he was he was to glorify God. And after saying that, he sa- uh, said to him, "Follow me." Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also leaned back uh, against him during the supper and had said, "Lord, who is it that is going to betray you?" When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus. Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is uh, my will that he uh, remain, that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is to you? What is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has witnessed these things. And we know that uh, his testimony is true. Now, there are also many things, uh, many other things that Jesus did, where every one of them to be written, I suppose, that the word itself could not contain the books that would be written. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much, uh, Nathan, for reading the scripture. And now may I request uh, Brother Tother to come forward to bring the word of God and also request Pastor to do the final prayers and benediction. Thank you. I thank our pastor and also the elders for giving me this um, opportunity, the privilege to share the word of God from this pulpit once again. And it's my prayer that each one of us will be receptive to the word of God that is being spoken today and the word that has been read from this uh, pulpit today. Um, I also realized that uh, Nathan is also a part of our Gautam Nagar cell. So I am really grateful because it sort of um, adds up to what I'm 
thinking of uh, sharing, speaking today. It's all about shepherding. It's all about caring for one another. And what better place to belong than to belong to a cell group in a church where we genuinely feel, you know, cared for and looked after in our, for our spiritual growth. So um, we thank God for this uh, uh, wonderful way of bringing unplanned things in a very systematic and planned way. So grateful to God for that. And I'm also grateful to Brother Abraham and also Brother Elisha for the scripture text that was read and also for the songs that were so carefully chosen. And I think the, my half the sermon is spoken and I'm just going to continue from what has been initiated through the, the, the leading of the Spirit of God um, this morning. So shall we just look and, to God and commit this time into God's hand? God our Father, we once again commit this time into your loving care. O oh Lord, praying that, Father, you will speak to us, and may your word and your word alone be spoken this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have celebrated Palm Sunday. We have also observed the Good Friday, a very meaningful time. And also we celebrated the Resurrection Sunday Resurrection Day last Sunday. We focus on a whole team of It Is Finished, and it has been a wonderful, a wonderful experience for each one of us. But let us keep in mind that when all these things unfolded then, during Jesus' time, things were not very clear. Things were chaotic. It was confusing. Mom Sunday, there was coronation. But you see that on Good Friday, there was beer sheer brutality. So much of brutality, so much of hatred. But we saw that on Easter Sunday, he rose again, much to the confusion and chaos in the mind of those people who really genuinely believe and follow Jesus Christ. Not, maybe not so much for those people who were against him, but I felt that Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, Resurrection Day was chaotic and confusing for his disciples. I mean, what happened? You know, the ambience, the mood of that morning or that period is very well captured by those two disciples who were speaking to Jesus without really knowing him when uh, on the way to Emmaus, Emmaus, we call it as the Emmaus walk as well. When Jesus joined these two of them, on the walk, when they were so looking so somber and sad, confused. And so what's happening? He said, are you not from Jerusalem? Are you from outside? Don't you know that Jesus Christ, Jesus from Nazareth, was given to, over to the, to the high priest, the authority, and he, they crucified him? And what is adding to the confusion is that our women folks, they have gone there, and they are coming back and telling us that there's an empty tomb, the body is missing, and not only that, not only that, the confusion is that it seems they saw vision of angels and the angels are telling them that he is alive. Now what's happening? There's a lot of confusion. And I thought on that Easter morning, on that Resurrection Day morning, and also the days that followed, there's a lot of confusion in the mind of those people who genuinely followed and believe in Jesus Christ. The Emmaus walk really is captured the mood and the confusion at that time. Not only, not only that, if you look at the book of John, there are three occasions where Jesus has been 
mentioned appearing to his disciples, remaining disciples, because one betrayed him, so another remaining 11 of them, but not in totality and together, but in different phases to different people. He appeared three times. The first time, what happened? They were in Jerusalem, the same evening. They were behind closed doors, locked. What did John Gospel say? For the fear of the Jew. They were scared of the Jews. They have seen brutality. They have, got, they have seen vengeance. They saw blood and they couldn't bear it. They were behind locked doors. The second time, he appeared specifically to, uh, to, the, to the disciples again, but specifically to Thomas. What, where were they? They were behind closed doors again. Locked doors. I thought maybe in the first time, in, uh, and then that was one week after the resurrection, maybe around this time. Today we are just exactly one week after the resurrection. Around this time, Jesus appeared to Thomas. They were behind closed doors. Not only closed, locked doors. Why? For the scare. They were scared of the Jews. I thought there was a lot of confusion then. The word of God in Acts 1, 3 says that Jesus appeared to his disciples many times, to many people at different times. And um, the the Period spans over 40 days. And what was Jesus doing? Jesus was teaching to them. Jesus was teaching to them about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. And what did Jesus do this last three years of his ministry in this earth? Jesus was teaching people about the kingdom of God. And it was so important. It, it, it is as though his message or his teaching is at stake. Three years he taught his disciples, trained them as to how his kingdom is to be taught, how his kingdom is to be advanced. Matthew would say that the kingdom of the heaven is like this. So many parables, kingdom parables we have got. And three years Jesus taught. Good Friday happened. Resurrection happened. Utter chaos, confusion. As though the kingdom of God message is at stake. So therefore, Jesus appeared to his disciples 40 days to many people. And he taught them about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God again. I believe that this 40 days of window that God, Jesus had before he ascended to heaven was basically a time when he came to restore relationships, where he came to restore the faith of the people who followed him. I think, I think it is, I think it is, fair to assume that it was just not a coincidence, but Jesus appeared to people and spoke to them and he restored each one of them. The process of restoration differs from person to person, be it to to Thomas or be it to Mary Magdalene or be it to Peter. Today we are looking, we want to look at the, the restoration of Peter and how In this particular context, he has been called, he has been given responsibility and also given command. We're looking at two things this morning. The first one is a call to shepherd. You see, Jesus appeared the third time to his disciples. The first on the evening, one week later, again, specifically spoke to Thomas 
And the third time that John has recorded in his gospel, he appeared to them by the Sea of Tiberias. And obviously, Peter and his remaining, I think, six or seven of them, they were fishing. The whole night they have been fishing. Scripture says that they were unsuccessful. There was nothing. They caught nothing. The whole lake seems to be dry. Dry of fish, not of water. Dry of fish. Jesus appeared to them that morning and says, what are you doing? No fish. Cast your net on the other side. Peter casted a net. 153 big fish, the scripture says. We don't know how many more small fish are there. 153 big fish, counted and accounted properly. Then you can see the ambience, the fire, the breakfast was ready. Jesus himself has made the fire. And I don't know whether Peter was remembering of the fire that must have happened on the Good Friday evening, the night, Thursday night. The ambience seems to be a, quite a recollection or a replay of all the things that are happening. And Jesus looked at Simon, Peter and says, Simon. Interestingly, he used the word Simon here. Simon, son of John. Do you love me more than this? Now, Jesus is up to something, isn't it? Do you love me more than this? More than all this? You see, when Jesus predicted that uh, he, uh, Peter is going to deny him, just before his prediction of that, maybe after the Lord's Supper, after the, uh, the, the, the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, Jesus has said that for my sake, you people are, you disciples, you people are going to fall on me. You are going to abandon me. And what was Jesus, uh, Peter's reaction? He says that, even if everybody fall on you on account of you, fall away on account of you, I will be there. I will stand firm. He seems to have made a very, very empathetic statement that evening. And today, this morning, on this fateful morning, Jesus is looking at Simon. Simon, son of John, are you, do you love me more than this? And by the time he has fallen, by the time he has, he has, he has recognized, he has him felt, felt that he has gone back on his word. Jesus predicted that you're going to fall away from me. He has fall away, fallen away from him. Do you love me more than this? Peter said, I love you. You know, you know I love you. Again, a second time. Son of Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? I mean, thankfully, the second time, more than this was left out. But now Jesus, in the first time, somehow he compared himself with all those things around. We don't know what Jesus was referring to because the scripture is silent about it. Was it about Peter's commitment? Was it Peter's um, um, friends, family, or the fishing that he has gone back to? We don't know what it is, but Jesus told to Peter, and Peter understood it. You know I love you. The second time said, do you love me? Now the comparison is over. Peter, heart to heart, do you love me? Peter pondered about it and he says, Lord, you know me. You know that I love you. The first time Jesus said, feed my lambs. Second time he said, take care of my sheep. 
Now, the important message that is coming out from this two responsibility given to him is go and be shepherd of my people. You go and be shepherd of my people because they need to grow. What is shepherding that we're talking about? What is this feeding that we're talking about? What is this taking care that we're talking about here? We're not basically talking about food only, right? Jesus, when he was just about to enter his ministry, the devil tempted him in the wilderness. And you know the response that he gave? Man shall not live by bread alone. And we sang that this morning. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I'm so grateful that the songs were so well coordinated this morning. Praise God for that. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeded from the mouth of God. So therefore, when Jesus was telling to Peter, feed my lamb, we are basically talking about God, Jesus telling Peter that you need to teach people the word of God. Feed my lamb. John has an interesting way of writing. The narrating. You see, the, the, remember the feeding of uh, 5,000 people by, by, by um, Jesus? John's recording is very interesting. He records of how he fed the 5,000. Then he withdrew from them. He took rest. And I, I'm not very sure when it happened. But later, on the other side of the, of, of the lake, people met him. And that was the time when he said that you are following me. You're looking after me because your stomach is full. Now the feeding has happened. But man shall not live by bread alone, but the word that proceeded from the mouth of God. So the teaching part on that feeding has to happen now. Jesus taught them, you are following me because your stomach is full. Now you're coming me. You know what? The food that you have eaten is going to go away. But... I am the bread of life. The beautiful teaching that came out, according to John's message, to John's gospel, after the feeding of the 5,000 is, I am the bread of life. Jesus is basically saying that this needs to be fed. I need to be fed. My word, my word needs to be fed to my people. And this is the responsibility that Jesus gave to Peter that morning when the restoration happened. Do you love me? Do you love me more than all this? You do? Go. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. I want you to be shepherds. I don't want any one of them to lose, to be lost. One is missing. 99 is here. Another one is missing. No, I must go and find him. Where is it? The heart of God is always for the lost souls. The heart of God is not only for those people who are seated here. I'm not saying that the others are lost. But the heart of God is for those people outside the fold, outside the sheep pen. They must come to the sheep pen. Peter, do you love me? Go feed my lamb, take care of my sheep. The third time again, Jesus was Again, up to something in Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now the word of God says that Simon was hurt. NIV would say hurt. I think the, uh, the um, other version would say, King James would say grieved. Obviously, the third time he was asked, I mean, 
what, Jesus? Didn't you ask twice already? You see, if you read a little bit of the word, um, uh, if you read a little bit or if you have an app, not necessarily we know Greek and Hebrew or stuff like that, but that these days we have a lot of ads, thankfully, for tech, thanks to God. Thank God for the technology. And then if you look at the, the, the app, look up the app, which has got give a translation as well. You see, the first time that Jesus spoke to Simon twice, do you love me? The word that Jesus was using, love, the Greek word they say is agape love. Do you agape love me? And how did Simon return, uh, Peter respond back? Lord, you know I love you. I feel you love you. But there's a gap, isn't it? There's a gap. First, twice. Do you agape love me? Lord, you know, you know me. I feel you love you. There was a lot of difference between these two. The third time Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you feel you love me? Peter responded back, you know everything. You know that I feel you love you. I read up some scholars and they say that, uh, well, this doesn't really make any difference. Because John, in his style of narration, he used the word agape love and filial love quite interchangeably. And so, therefore, maybe it doesn't have much of a, make much of a difference. But as I was preparing on this sermon, something very significant God spoke to me. Be aware that the love that God has for you is no comparison with the kind of love that you have for him. You're always going to be falling in that way. The agape love that God is taking, no matter how much we try, is we are always going to fall short of that agape love. We are not going to be able to love the way that God loves us. But yet, what was the responsibility that Jesus gave to Peter? In spite of the fact that three times he said, I feel you, love you. Go feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. Now that is the point of significance. That despite the fact that we fail God, despite the fact that we are not able to love God in the way that he loves us, yet God is willing to entrust his very awesome and great responsibility of shepherding his people. You and I have been called for that. Despite the fact that we are not able to love him back the way that he loves us, but we all are called to shepherd the people around us. I thought it was very significant that we, when we were looking at the whole topic of foundation of the early church, to be very frank, when, we, when I was preparing this, those four sermons really impacted me. It really drove the way that I was preparing for it. And Brother, Brother Sanjay was speaking to it on the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, how the church, early church, was led by the Holy Spirit. And one question that he, one statement or question or truth that he placed before us was, we should not be looking as how we can get from SDC, but we should be looking at how we can involve ourselves so that the growth of SDC will happen. 
And that is precisely what Jesus told to Peter that morning. Go, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. We can't be coming Sunday after Sunday here just being passive recipient of the word of God, passive recipient of the blessings that comes through the ministry of this church. We have been asked to be partakers, to be a part of that mission. All of us, we have, please keep in mind, we, let us not be judgmental on the early the disciples. Oh, why did they fall back? Jesus himself taught him, taught them. Why did Peter fall back? Jesus himself was teaching, but still, no, 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 no. We are no different. We're even worse than them. We're worse than them. We have fallen back so many times. There's a need for us to be restored by Jesus every day. We are, there's a need for us to come to the restoration that God will give us. And every time we come to the restoration table, I'm very sure that God will have something or the other to tell us, go, go. And one responsibility will be given to us. What would that be this morning to you? What would that be this morning for us? Remember the new year that we celebrate every year and the kind of resolutions that we go through? Oh, yes, as a family also, we have done something. As a family, we also celebrated and then we also had something in mind. We said, okay, this year we'll do this, we'll do that. And this morning, as I even stand here and think about it, how many times me as the head of our family, as the husband, as the father of the family, I have fallen short of that. I have not been able to do that. We say that thy word is the lamb unto my feet and lamb unto my path. And we say that for our family, this is going to be for this year. Oh my, how many days I haven't remembered that. And how many of the times when I go through tense situation, I have forgotten to rely on the word of God. That your word is a lamb unto my feet and I have not been able to process that in my whole thinking. Do you love me more than this? More than all that you have said that you will do it. And suddenly I feel like worse. I feel more worse than Peter. Everyone will fall away, but I will be there. New Year resolution. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. We will do this. We will do this. And at the end of the day, how much we have fallen. But Jesus is full of love. And he says, I am there. Go and feed my sheep. My lamb, take care of it. Secondly, when we go through the whole um, narration here, not only responsibly was it given, but Jesus asked him, Jesus asked Peter, told Peter about how, given narration as to how in your younger days you can clothe yourself and go about the way that you want. But when you get older, you have to depend on someone for your clothing and also for to, to lead you to places, maybe even go to places where you don't want to go. And we know that basically John, maybe in hindsight, because uh, I don't really know how much was understood at that point in time, but in hindsight, years down the line when John was writing, um, John says that basically Jesus was talking about how Peter is going to die. And we also know that Jesus, uh, Peter was hung upside down 
He says, I'm not worthy of how Christ was crucified. Let me be hung upside down. That is the, the tradition that we have in the church, the story. Um, Peter was told to follow him, Jesus. After this instruction was given, Jesus says, follow me. And he looked at John, the other, uh, the other disciple, and said, what about him? Jesus says, what is it to you? If I want him to remain alive until I come back again, what is that to you? You follow me. And the scripture also says, well, John is writing the scripture years down the line. So he also has the hindsight of the rumor that was spreading around that time. The rumor was that, oh, this disciple is going to live forever. But John explains in the scripture, saying that Jesus was talking basically about how Peter is going to die. But the point that I'm trying to draw from this is, Jesus told Peter, follow me, no matter what. Follow me, follow me, steadfastly, unswervingly. Last Saturday, we had our baptism service, and eight of our young people were baptized. I don't know whether it was because my own son was one among the eight, but the, one, the fellowship was so wonderful. The fellowship was so wonderful, so uplifting. I don't know whether it's because my own family was involved. I was really uplifted by the, the testimonies that we heard, the testimonies that were spoken. These eight young people, they had given the testimony to, in front of all of us, publicly declaring that they will follow Jesus. Now, let me tell you, it is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to ensure that this eight of them don't fall back. It is our responsibility as a church to ensure that we nourish them, we take care of them, we shepherd them in such a way that they will follow Jesus no matter what, what circumstances they have in life. My son was giving his testimony. I haven't taken his uh, permission this morning, but I'm, I'm sure it's okay because he himself gave, gave the testimony. He has, two years back, he has given his commitment saying that uh, to God and he wanted to get baptized. Pandemic happened, it didn't really work out. But over the two period, two years period, there has been a lot of chaos and turbulence in his own emotional self. At one point, not my word, but he has given the testimony. He told the Bible, he threw the Bible, he tore the Bible. It was such a nightmare for the parents. We prayed for him. He wouldn't listen to the prayer. He wouldn't listen. He would keep his eyes closed, open. He doesn't want to be prayed upon. Two years back, he had decided to follow Jesus. But he fell back. It was a struggle. And two years later, when he took the step to publicly declare that he is going to follow Jesus and publicly declare that he is a follower of Jesus Christ. I know it's, it was tough for him, but we are grateful to God for the way that he has led. We are thankful to, the, to many of the people in the church, the elders, and also 
family and Sunday school teachers and friends who have invested in his life. The point that I'm trying to make is we make a stand to follow Jesus. Situations are going to come in the life where we will be struggling to keep following him. You see, three years before this incident of restoration, Jesus saw Peter and his brother Andrew. And he says, Peter, Andrew, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Peter followed Jesus. Three years, he heard and he was taught. After three years, what happened? He fell back. He was shaken. Jesus came into the picture again. Peter, you love me more than all this? People, do you love Peter? Do you love me? Simon, do you love me? Yes, I do. Follow me. Back to square one again. Back to square one again. So the point that Jesus was trying to make was, follow me no matter what. Follow me no matter what the situation, circumstances around us. For those of us, for those of us who are working, one of the most common um, excuse that we give, or at least I give, is, oh, what a busy schedule. So busy, our office is so busy. One very convenient excuse to, you know, to fall back and not follow Jesus steadfastly. Tough situations in life. Difficult situations in life. Jesus, God, where are you? You don't exist. God, you are not real. We can fall back, fall away from Jesus. Those are trying situations. But Jesus says, follow me, no matter what. Pandemic came. What? Staying indoor? Where are you, Jesus? Where are you, God? The beautiful message that came out in this pandemic is the sovereignty of God. Irrespective of what, God is still there. God is still sovereign. Jesus is saying, follow me. The riches in life. There are people when they are, when we go through situations, bad situations, we come to nearer to God. But there are many of us when we become a little bit comfortable, maybe in our finances, on our riches, whatever it is, we tend to follow, we tend to forget God. We tend to move away from God. Riches could be one of the way to keep us away from following God. Follow me. Many other influences would be there. Young people would be our peer pressures, our friends. You're going to you're going to you're going to church? Are Baba? Church? I remember when I was um I just joined my work. That was 1999. I just joined my work. I was staying in a PG and I used to go to church. I used to go be a part in Bangalore. I was a part of um, the Nagar Christian Fellowship, and also in the morning I used to go to the Jayanagar Methodist Church. Morning I would go and then part of this. So I used to go a little bit early, setting up the you know chairs and tables and whatever this, helping out the pastor and stuff. My landlady would say, Are kya hai ji? You know, the typical in the Bangalorean kya hai ji? Itna omar mein. At such a young age, what are you doing? Church? For, and for young people, that could be a big pressure. God? 
I remember in my college days, yes, I, was, I went up as a part of the Campus Crusade for Christ, one of the programs, they, they call it LTI, oh yeah, LTI, Leadership Training Institute. It's like it's a camp. So as a part of the program, we are, about, we are asked to go and share the word of God to the people in the park. I don't know where exactly it was, GK and one of those stuff's area here. I went to the park and I, there was one guy who was studying, I think he was preparing for some exam or something. I shared to him the word of God. <laughs> are, you not this, are you not too young? That guy looked at me and said, are you not too young? It can be a lot of pressure. Speaking about God itself could be a big pressure for the young people. And yet that can keep us away from following God. But Jesus says, follow me. Steadfastly follow me. So today, this morning, as I conclude, is there any way in us, is there anything in our heart that requires the restoration back to the heart of God? We sang the song, when the music fades and all is stripped away, and you come to the realization of the dryness. No fish at all. Just water and water and water. Peter is fishing the whole night. No fish, only water. And you come that, to that realization. And pray to God, I am coming back to the heart of worship. That's what we sang. Do you have such experience? Do you have such situations in life? Or are you going through, are we going through such situations today? Would Jesus require us to come to his feet? And he will tell us once again how he told to Peter, go feed my sheep, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. Just follow me. Just follow me no matter what. Is that even a possibility to you, to you? May God continue to speak to you and bless you even as you think on these lines. And maybe we can bow our heads and look to God. Just ponder in our hearts on this matter. I would request our pastor to come up for a time of prayer, but I would request us to remain silent In that 40 days, even as we remain with our eyes closed, those 40 days, Jesus appeared to Thomas. Thomas, come and feel my hands, the pierced sight. You don't believe me? God, Jesus told him, now you believe me, because Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Jesus told Thomas, you believe me because you have seen me, but blessed are those who have not seen me yet believed. Thomas took that responsibility so faithfully. He went all around, even came to India, and many are blessed because of that restoration. Many have been challenged because of the restoration taught to Thomas. Blessed are those. Thomas took it very seriously. What is the way that God is speaking to you today? And as we quieten our hearts, I'd request a pastor to come and pray for us.
I'm sure the Spirit of God is echoing His sweet sounding voice in your heart, calling you to take a decision. Every time we look at the mirror, the Word of God, it calls you to correct yourself and apply the Word. Otherwise, We'd be just going back as we had come. Spirit of God may speak to you to make your decision right now in your heart. Yes. So wonderful to see Peter got restored and responsibility endowed. And what a great responsibility. Each one is called for this role as a shepherd in your home, in your field of work. And we are called to follow unswearingly. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we, the beloved sheep of U.S., Lord, meet you right here in STC Church. The Lord who met Peter, is standing right in the midst of us, making his Holy Spirit to resound his voice, echo his voice. Lord, we to make our commitment to take this role to be shepherd, caregivers. We will follow you unswearingly. Lord, forgive us at times that we, Lord, turned aside or were we were not responding, but today, as your beloved children, we say, yes, Lord, we love you, we will follow you, and we will own this responsibility and commit ourselves to this big challenge the Lord has placed, God has entrusted in our hands. To this end, we commit all of us in your hand. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, the service it's over, but there is going to be a surprise. How many of you like surprise? Those who are on the Zoom, please don't log out. Praise be to God, dear brothers and sisters, and beloved children of South Delhi Congregation of Delhi Bible Fellowship. You are all awaiting a very wonderful occasion. Do you know we have a golden couple? Anybody wants to recall and recognize them? There is a golden couple. Golden couple, please come in. See, they are not aware of their golden ceremony. Welcome, Brother Prince and Sister Seely. Shall we give a warm welcome with the clapping of hands? And the STC Church is going to celebrate their 50 years of wedded life, a family life. 
Praise the Lord. And uh, I'm so happy to uh, uh, celebrate and along with STC and felicitate this occasion. This is going to be a surprise for them as well. You, you know, Brother Vio made announcement there are two treats. There's going to be a third treat as well. You, you can take it. Okay. Well, we all know our dear, you want to address them, Uncle, Auntie, and I fondly recognize them as Anand and Dhaka. Okay. They are part of this uh, very Delhi Bible Church, Delhi Bible Fellowship, all the way from the early days. What a great loyalty they have put in for the Lord. Their loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ and to his scripture and their humility displayed in their life to come down to any, the smallest babe or to the oldest person in delivering God's message stand alone as a great testimony for them. In the year 2006, I came, migrated from Ludhiana to Delhi, and I came to Prince's house. That is none other than the house of Brother Prince at 108 Gautam Nagar. The house owner told me, this house belongs to Brother Prince and Sister Seeley. Oh my goodness, what a testimony by Hindu uh, Gautam, Mr. Ajay Gautam, who testified for them. Brother Ma, he said, Mr. Michael, this house has seen so much of blessing. You are welcome to take this house. You know who fixed my house rent? Not the house owner. Brother Prince fixed my house rent. Don't ask me how much he fixed it. That's a surprise. Okay, because that was little above our estimate. But he brought it down. So you can contact him if you want the same house. Okay. <laughs> well, that is a testimony by even non-Christian friends. Awesome, no? Yes, that is a life standard of a beloved servant of God. This servant of God, a servants of God, I shall call them as Brother Prince and Sister Seely, have, you know, gone to the schools and reached out the students through Christian uh, 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 Children Evangelical Fellowship, CEF. And more than that, I heard from the children, Michael, they have given their life to STC. What a testimony by the children. They called me and said, Michael, I don't know. How do you know them? I know them so well. I told the children and also announced them, yes, they are going to be owned by STC Church. They are the pioneers. They are the people who will teach you how to be loyal, how to be humble, how to be trustworthy. These in the sense to the Lord first, then to the people, all of you. I'm sure he touched every one of your lives. And so today, this is their uh, celebration of their 50 years of wedded life. And we are going to celebrate in the church. So there is going to be some surprises. And uh, I'm going to request uh, Brother Sanjay. Is there? Yes. Please. Oh, there, right there. Please come and uh, hand over the bouquet on behalf of SCC Church.
Yes, there's going to be one more surprise to them. Brother Vio, wherever you are, welcome. And uh, that is going to be a gift on behalf of STC Church. Oh, praise God, praise God. Yes. Also, let me remind you, their way of contributing the, to the church goes, uh, you know, ages back, for decades. They've been playing vital role as leaders and as board members and as deacons and elders, and is still part of the elders' team. Oh, what a passion they show to the service of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, it's a challenge for all of us more than the message, also what we received from the Lord, from the word, their life will speak volumes. And I place my appreciation to the beloved children, Gracia and family in US, and Mercia in Delhi, and also Brainard, uh, you know, their dear son, and Atula, their daughter-in-law. So there will be a special treat for you. And uh, right now, I'm going to call up Sister Sharmila and uh, some of the sisters to assist bringing the cake for a golden jubilee cutting of the cake. Oh, right here. All right. So who is going to do the cutting? Okay. Sister Sharmila will be available here. Okay. They will do the cutting. Yes. The knife is ready. Yes. Okay. There you go. And uh, may request brothers, friends, and sisters to cut the cake. Yes. Oh, they have to feed each other. <laughs> oh my good. <laughs> I kindly request uh, Brother Joseph to get, say a word of prayer and thanksgiving, sister. Yeah, brother. How they you have Lord taken care of their needs, Lord. They were able to serve you all these years, 50 long years of, Lord, husband and wife, and they've touched many lives. They've impacted many beautiful lives, Lord, and you have everything in your account. We are here to witness your faithfulness in their life, and also we are here to, Lord, offer our thanksgiving. Our hearts are filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for the fact that you've been so faithful to them, Lord. As a family, as a SDC family, as we are celebrating here, Lord, and we ask for your extended, Lord, blessings upon them as they step into a new year as husband and wife. You continue to take care of their needs, each and every need, Lord, the health issues, health needs, the, the, the emotional needs, Lord, and you are the one who is going to lead them and guide them, Lord. Each and every step of their life will be anointed by your presence, O Master. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for protection. Thank you for the good health they are able to enjoy today, Lord, as they stand before us, Lord. We are so thankful to you. And we ask all these things in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ alone. Uh, Amen. Amen. I want to leave a promise for them.
from book of Isaiah chapter 46 verse 4. Isaiah 46 verse 4. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Isaiah 46.4 Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and will rescue you. May God shower his blessing and uh, please enjoy the treat from the church and by uncle and auntie, brother Prince and Sister Celie and by Ava, the birthday boy who celebrates his birthday. God bless you. Zoom members, you will miss the treat, but you're welcome. God bless. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you so much for the promise, Pastor. But we are hiding the gray hair. So, <laughs> so we look young. Anyway, in God's grace, we, it was a real surprise for us because we were pla- we planned not to tell is 50 years unless it is, they, somebody asked. But nobody asked. I was really surprised how did they know how did they plan. Even in the, we were praying elders, if they ask, I will tell, otherwise won't tell. We wanted to keep it quiet. But anyway, uh, I don't know, still I'm not, I'm surprised who knew this 50th year. <laughs> so we are really thankful for the, your love and the affection. And as uh, told, um, it was in 19, I mean, 1991, we joined the STC. That time it was in Vikram Hotel. Before that, we were with the uh, DBF. Some of us are here. In Gautam Nair, we had a house fellowship. Uh, we were there from 1981 onwards. We were part of that about 10 years. And then some of the leadership you know, went away. So we joined uh, some of us, like Babus and Angel and Vasindra, Evangelion Vasindra. All. We were in Gautam Nair fellowship. And now we all joined uh, um, Vikram Hotel, the same fellowship um, in 1991. So then onwards is more than 31 years. It's a great privilege to be part of this. Um, when we think of our um, marriage, we are not perfect. We were not perfect. There were struggles, failures. But one thing really I can say, we can say, the Lord should do this. The Lord should do this. And the Lord has been so good. The Lord held our hands, held us together. So praise God that it is his grace, his goodness, that we could um, continue our journey together. Started way back in 1972, April 26. The Lord has been so good to us. I'm sure in these days of challenges for marriage, marriages, I'm sure God is good. God can help all of us. Every couple. Whatever struggle we may come through, God is in the midst of us. He is able to help us, hold us together. Because our God is a real one, not just you know some vague figure or somebody far away, but really involves in our life. Especially when our children were growing teenagers, there were a lot of struggles. 
you know, like uh, teenagers, especially we came from South India. When we came, I was 31 years old. Um, she was quite young, 30 years. You can guess. I was yeah, I was 37. She was 30. Yeah, you can guess our age also. Anyway, uh, in South India, you know, especially in Tamil Nadu, we are very strict. But when children started to grow here in uh, North India, you know, their lifestyle is very different. So I was very, you know, disciplinarian, but she was very soft with the children. That's the way it matched, helped each other. There were struggles. She always supported her children. They used to go to Harsha Place, DBF, one young youth meeting they had, all the DBF in Central Delhi. Uh, Saturday evening, they used to come. Sometimes they come very late. So I get upset. She'll be very calm and quiet. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock. What happened? I will. She will. She will go to the road and say she'll be very calm and quiet. So I used to get. So we had a lot of struggles, and many times we have failed. I have failed, and then one thing really helped us: our families saying sorry to each other. We used to say not only to one another, to our children also. When we do wrong wrongly punish them or say something, uh, we used to say sorry to them. And they also learned, they also used to tell sorry. That helped us, the Lord Jesus. You know, the Lord Jesus is so real. We praise God. He kept us then with a purpose to live for him and do his will and to serve him whatever way. So we thank God. I think he said everything. <laughs> But uh, one thing I want to say, we are so grateful to God. And we are thankful to God for keeping us alive and keeping us together in the past 50 years. And I can't imagine, it looked like five years gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we loved each other in our shortcomings, failures, and we took care of each other and helped each other because we made a commitment on 26th April 1972 that we will take care of each other in whatever situation it may be. So I want to praise God. It's all because of his grace and faithfulness and goodness and mercy. Nothing in us to boast. It's only God and God alone to be praised and glorified. I want to thank each one of you for making this day very special and uh, very surprising. <laughs> I can't even still come into sense that it's something is happening here. So thank you so much. God bless each one of you. We love you and we want you to pray for us and for our children. Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, dear brothers and sisters and children, you have special, special treats. Okay, so plenty of cake. I must take uh, and acknowledge this opportunity to acknowledge Sister Charmila, Randall and Safia for doing such a hard work and to bring a lovely cake and a treat for you. Okay, there is all contribution from the Lord. So, yeah. Yes. God from the church. God's blessing to you. So, plenty of cakes are there. Take home also. Enjoy here also. Out there. Yeah. People will be serving ushers. 
over to you. God's blessing. You can go and uh, keep greeting.